Good morning. This is Abby with your daily Berlin briefing for Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. Because of maintenance work on the state network in the middle of the mobilization phase for the referendum Klima Neustart or Climate Reboot, the initiators of the State Election Administration are threatening consequences. Yesterday, attorney Peter Kremer issued a statement in which he said, quote, If the referendum fails to reach a quorum, we will consider challenging the election. Unquote. The background is that the organizers of the referendum are intensively promoting an online application for ballots. Last Saturday, however, it was not possible to apply for absentee ballots online at all from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. and only to a limited extent from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. For the initiative, one day is a considerable setback, and they already feel disadvantaged by the fact that the vote was not held at the same time as the re-election on February 12th, but on March 26th. Klima Neustark Berlin also criticized the fact that it was not informed of the maintenance work until last Friday. According to State Election Commissioner Brockler, the information was provided at the same time as an announcement about the maintenance work on the party's website that the state election board had no influence on this and was itself affected by it, and the commissioner does not see any restrictions for the referendum. As of 10 a.m., it was possible to request the documents online once again, but due to the disruption, some attempts had to be repeated. The Klima Neustart Alliance wants Berlin to be carbon neutral by 2030, not 2045 as previously planned. To achieve this, the state's Energy Conversion Act is to be amended. For this to happen, a majority of voters, or at least 25% of those eligible to vote, must vote yes in a referendum in two weeks. Approximately 613,000 yes votes are needed. According to Brochler, around 25,000 election officials will be on duty on March 26th, and there is still a shortage of them as well as clerks in the districts. This is especially true for Tempelhof Schöneberg, Neukölln, and Lichtenberg. The helpers will be paid 120 euros, and this is only half the amount paid to the approximately 35,000 poll workers in the rerun election on February 12th. According to a change in the election regulations, the so-called refreshment allowance is now 120 euros, twice as much as in previous elections. There are challenges in Berlin politics for which even a new government will not get a 100-day grace period. Accommodating thousands of refugees, especially those from Ukraine, is one of them. Although the number of refugees arriving in Berlin has decreased recently, the city's 32,500 or so shelter spaces are almost full. Katja Kipping, the senator responsible for social affairs, has already warned that 10,000 more places will be needed this year. During the talks, Kipping offered her administration's expertise to potential coalition partners, SPD and CDU. As for her, the pressure to act is simply too great to allow weeks of stalemate. The search for new accommodations is now well rehearsed, but the red-green-red Senate, however, left behind another unresolved problem. The bureaucratic hurdles for refugees in Berlin are still quite high. The Berlin Refugee Council criticizes the fact that it sometimes takes a very long time from applying for a residence permit to receiving it. 
Refugees have to take a detour through the district social welfare offices in order to end up at the unemployment office and receive all the social benefits to which they are entitled. One solution would be to set up a central contact point directly in the arrival center at the former Tegel Airport. But this, quote, one-stop agency, as it's known in professional circles, does not exist, even a year after the outbreak of the war against Ukraine. But Berlin would probably not have to set up a new authority at all to give refugees from Ukraine quick access to social benefits and, above all, residence permits. The Refugee Council has long argued that the State Office for Immigration, or the LEA, in the Tegel Arrival Center should be included. According to the Refugee Council, if the LEA in Tegel were to immediately issue the residence permits or even just a fictional certificate, the refugees would be able to directly receive the benefits to which they are actually legally entitled, including job placement and language courses, regular health insurance, a certificate of eligibility for housing, and child benefits. The LEA is not a part of the Social Administration, but the Interior Ministry. The LEA first refers to the online application procedure for a residence permit. Refugees immediately receive a certificate that is valid as a work permit. And then, four to five weeks later, the refugee can go to the LEA in person and obtain a residence permit. However, According to the Interior Ministry, it is not possible to do everything in one go after registration in Tegel. The LEA simply does not have enough staff to operate a branch office in the arrival center. Nevertheless, compared to other federal states, Berlin is still relatively quick to channel people through the German bureaucracy. In Tegel, refugees also have access to a wide range of counseling services. In the meantime, the problem of many refugees having to stay longer than planned in the lightweight halls of the former airport is much greater, because there is simply no more housing for them. The outgoing social senator Kipping has already initiated the extension of the Tegel Arrival Center until June. According to her, mass accommodation will be needed until at least 2024. The Blutmauer, or Blood Wall, in Lichtenberg's Rathaus Park has been vandalized. A swastika was scratched into the metal of a memorial plaque, and it is not known how long it's been there. Deputy District Mayor Kevin Hunnicke tweeted a photo of it on Sunday and condemned the, quote, denunciation of those killed in March 1919, unquote. District Mayor Michael Grunst also condemned the act on behalf of the district government. The Blood Wall commemorates the events of the November Revolution and the months that followed. The names of the sailors and civilians who were murdered in March 1919 by members of the Lutwitz Freikorps on and in front of the former cemetery can be found there. With the retreat of the revolutionary supporters and the population supporting them, the resistance against the military superiority of the Freikorps units ended on March 13, 1919. Numerous executions and arbitrary killings followed, claiming 1,200 lives throughout Berlin. At least 12 died in executions at the wall of the former city cemetery on the site of today's Rathaus Park. A memorial had already been established in the 1920s, but after 1933 it was removed, and it was not until 1959 that two plaques and an inscription were returned to the wall.
On Sunday, firefighters recovered a dead woman from the spray. Shortly before 4 p.m., a boat owner at the Marcus's Ufer in Mitte discovered the lifeless body floating in the water between boats at the jetty. Emergency services were alerted and recovered the body. The deceased has not yet been identified, and while reports state that there appears to have been no crime committed, police are investigating. In this context, if you or someone you know is in crisis and might be thinking about self-harm or suicide, aside from reaching out to friends and family, there are also a variety of support services you can turn to. The Berliner Krisenhilfe or Berlin Crisis Service is anonymous, free of charge, and available around the clock, and the telephone numbers vary by district. Furthermore, the Telephone Counseling Service offers a help chat. There's also the option of email counseling, and you can contact them also anonymously and free of charge on the website. For more information, please check out our show notes. If you like our podcast, you can support us with a donation or simply help others discover us by liking and sharing our episodes on social media. Berlin Briefing will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.